0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Romans chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, Paul is writing, and he said, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Let's pray one more time. In Jesus' name, God, we ask that you help us to minister your word. God, you know the spiritual condition, of everyone in this house. God, I ask that the word of God would be broken as bread to feed, nourish, edify, and give direction for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated this morning. The term gospel is not found in the Old Testament. You do not read it there. But you read the word gospel more than 100 times in the New Testament. In the New Testament. Now, from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew, there are 400 years with no voice of God. No voice of God for 400 years. The first voice that came was John the Baptist. And his first message was repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. I don't, I would like all of you to somehow comprehend how vital and important the gospel is before you leave this house today. Jesus told his disciples to preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus said that the end of the world would not come until the gospel was preached to all nations. That's how important the gospel is. Now the word gospel means good news, good story. Don't we all like good news? We like a good story. The goodest news and the goodest story you'll ever hear is the story of Jesus Christ. And it is so simple. So simple. And in fact, every denomination, every church in Oconomowoc, Milwaukee, everyone uses the term gospel. But you can knock on 30 different church doors and say, "Tell me, what is the gospel?" And you're going to get 30 different responses. 30 different responses. It is so simple and so easy to understand, but yet individuals go to theological cemeteries for eight years, and when they come out, they still cannot comprehend what and tell me, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Now, Jesus is the main character in the gospel story. The main character. If you do not understand Jesus, And why Jesus is, you are going to totally miss the gospel message. Jesus is the main character of the gospel story. I want to turn to the gospel of John, chapter 5 and verse 39. The gospel of John, chapter 5 and verse 39. Jesus is speaking, and he said, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me in other words the entire scriptures the entire bible from genesis to revelation they testify of jesus christ because jesus is the main character in the gospel story and then in the book of luke chapter 24 luke chapter 24 and verse 44 jesus is speaking again luke 24:44 Jesus said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Because all scripture points to Jesus Christ. When you read the book of Isaiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Emmanuel. That's pointing to Jesus Christ. When David said, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Amen, he's sweeter than the rose of Sharon. The Lord is my shepherd. It is pointing to Jesus Christ. When Haggai wrote, he is the desire of all nations. He is pointing to Jesus Christ because all the scripture is talking about Jesus Christ. If you don't understand the main character, you will not understand the story. And the story is so simple. The Holy Ghost shadowed a virgin by the name of Mary, and she brought forth a son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. The angels glorified God, They said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And he was raised in Nazareth. He began his ministry when he was 30 years old. And the Bible says he went about doing good. He did no sin. He raised the dead. He opened blinded eyes. He cleansed the leper. But he was hated by the religious leaders. Hated. In fact, they had a mock trial. And they hired false witnesses. But yet when he stood before Pilate two times, Pilate said, I find no fault in him at all. It has bothered me as a preacher's son, as a pastor and assistant pastor for 10 years and I've been traveling for 47 years. Every now and again, I meet someone that used to be faithful to God, but they're not faithful to God anymore. And I say, why are you faithful? Why are you coming to church? Why are you serving God? Well, the piano player did this, and the preacher's kid did this, and, you know, and this person did this. But listen, I want you to know you'll find fault with everyone in this house. But you're not serving me, and you're not serving Pastor Cardle. We are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's no Fault in him, at all, at all. So they have a fa- they have a mock trial, false witnesses, and so of course, when Pilate said, "Well, you know, do you want to set Barabbas free your Jesus?" You know, and they said, "Give us Barabbas." But then what shall we do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And they yelled out in one voice, crucify him, crucify him. And the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is not a fairy tale. It is not a figment of some man's imagination. I mean, it it, it is... it, it's a horrific story. It was a horrific way to die. But they did take Jesus and put him before a band of soldiers. These rough, rugged, mean Roman soldiers, folks. And one scripture in Isaiah says when they beat him, he was beat more than any man was ever beaten. And and again, you cannot distinguish the, the chin from the lips, the nose from the cheeks, folks. And they just beat Jesus. Amen. in the in the groin, in the chest, in the back, in the kidneys. And then, folks, they, they would spit upon him and, 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 they, and they just berated him verbally and they put stripes on his back and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they nailed him to a cross, hand, nails through his hands and through his feet and a spear driven into his side. And so he was on that cross, folks, he hung there, he bled there and he died there. But that's not the end of the story. Some, I don't know, some people love to keep him on the cross. But he's not on the cross today. They took a bloody corpse off a tree and buried Jesus. And some people just love to keep him buried. But he's not buried But on that third day, the earth began to shake. The stone rolled back. Amen. And out of the tombs comes Jesus Christ, alive now and forevermore with the keys of death and hell in his hand. Hallelujah. Muhammad died, and he's still buried. Buddha died, he's still buried. Joseph Smith died, and he's still buried. But I'll tell you what, folks. Jesus Christ had died, but he is not buried. He's alive today. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what makes it such a good story. Good news. Let's turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and that is the gospel. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, in verse 25, he says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, forever. Heaven's gonna pass away, earth is gonna pass away, even tongues are going to cease, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. But then look at the next phrase. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. If you want to know what the gospel is, listen, you can, I remember going into a bookstore, you know, and there's books on God, books on heaven, books on hell, books on the devil, books on Jesus, books books on the Holy Spirit. Books, 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 books. But I'll tell you what, folks. This is the best book you can read. If you want to know what the gospel is, this is the book to read because it says in this Is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. So I don't care who the Christian book writer is, I don't care how many, I don't care how many volumes he has sold, if it's if it if it is not accurate when it comes to the gospel, folks, that is why the word of God is so vital and the word of God is so important. This is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Now, Jesus is the main character of the gospel story. Right? But the three main chapters of the gospel story the first chapter is the death, the second chapter is the burial, and the third chapter is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you read the gospel, when you read the epistles, you are constantly reminded not of the miracles of Jesus, not of the birth of Jesus, you are constantly reminded of the fact that Jesus died and that Jesus was buried, and that Jesus rose again. These are the three main chapters of the gospel story. In fact, let's look at the book of Romans. There's just a couple scriptures in Romans that that shows the emphasis on this. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All right, emphasizing the death. Romans chapter six and verse four, the next page in your Bible. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We constantly read about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14 and verse nine, it says, for to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living, constantly reminded of the death and of the burial and of the resurrection. Now, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter one, And I emphasize this because, again, this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in our Bibles. And verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Do you understand? You are saved by the gospel. That's why it's so vital that you comprehend and understand what the gospel is. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Now here it is, very simple, verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, the death, all right? Verse four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We are constantly reminded of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, how can the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ be what saves us right now on on April the 4th, 2021. Folks, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the head and the church is the body. Does the head die and not the body? Do they bury the head and not the body? Does the head resurrect and not the body? Aren't you glad you have a head? You'd be dead without a head. The reason the church is alive, because Jesus Christ is the head of this. And the church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ died. So for the gospel to be real in our individual lives, we must die. The Bible term for our death is called repentance. There's more to repentance than putting ashes on your forehead. There's more to repentance than shaking a preacher's hand. There's more to repentance than filling out a, a membership card. Repentance literally is a change of direction. All right, right now, folks, you are your back is toward God and your face is toward disobedience and ungodliness. But when you repent, you turn around, you turn your back on anything God does not approve of, and you walk away from it, and you turn your whole life and desire to Jesus Christ. God commands all men everywhere to repent. God is not willing that anyone in this house should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repent, Lord, I'm so sorry for my sin. Forgive me, Lord. I don't want it anymore. Jesus Christ was buried. The Bible says we are buried with him by baptism. That's why Jesus commanded his disciples that they should baptize people. The word baptize means to plunge, to immerse, to dip. There was never sprinkling found for water baptism in the word of God. We are buried with him by baptism. And then it says that Jesus Christ rose And now, when you receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We're already saying this worship song, that power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you and now in me. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. This is the first message preached when when the church was started. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, what, that they had crucified the Lord? They were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. They felt bad. And, And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, you mean we've crucified the Lord? What, what shall we do? Is there anything we can do that we've done something so so horrific? Then Peter said unto them, "All right, all right. Everyone that wants to be saved, then, uh, all right. Uh, I want to give you a membership card, and you, you know, and the ushers are going to hand them out. And we want your name, your address, your social security number, and your Visa card number. All right." All right, and and the pastor's going to lay his hands on these cards and pray for them. And as soon as he's done praying, yep, you're saved. No one was instructed to fill out a membership card. Well, what shall we do? Peter said, Oh God, this service has been so blessed, thank you. In fact, we've run out of cards. (sighs) Okay, all right. All right, all right. Anyone else that wants to be saved, we have some counselors over here. Thomas and Bartholomew, go and talk to a counselor. And when you get out of the counseling room, you'll be saved. No one was instructed to talk to a counselor. What shall we do? Peter said, "Lord, thank you for your moving the Spirit in this service because the cards are gone and the counseling rooms are jammed. Listen, anyone else that really wants to be saved, when you step out of your chair, come up to this altar and raise your right hand and repeat after me: I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior." No, no one was ever instructed to do that. What shall we do? Peter said, oh Lord, the cards are gone. The concert rooms are packed and there's people at this altar. But I sense we still have some shy, bashful, timid people here today. Listen, we now have a toll-free number. one 800 987 46 You call the 800 club. Folks, they did not even have telephones. But when they said, what can we do? What can we do? Verse 38 Peter gave them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then Peter said unto them, Repent! Which is identifying as the with the death, and be baptized, the burial, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want folks, this is what saves you. Boy, we could have some testimonies right now. We really could, but it's the death, it's the burial, it's the resurrection, it's repentance, baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, receiving the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not in this pulpit today to take away from anyone's religious background or anyone's religious experience. I would never tell you, you never touched God and God's never touched you. But I am to tell, I'm here to tell you folks that if it was the truth in the book of Acts, it is still the truth in 2021. And I feel so safe preaching what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And this is the word preached unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now to the book of Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one again, and Paul is writing and he said, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. So we all know what the gospel is. It's the death. It's the burial. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, why would Paul write this? Because before he obeyed the gospel, he was the chief persecutor of the church. In fact, when they were stoning Stephen, the first, you know, the, the first martyr, you know, Paul was there. His name was Saul He said, hey, you guys, it's hard to throw those rocks with those coats on. So everyone hand me your coats. I'll watch your coats for you. He approved of the the stoning of Stephen. When he wrote the scripture, he said, oh, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of so many things. I'm ashamed that I held the coats of individuals while they stoned Stephen. And then the Bible says he brought men and women, anyone that he found of this way, Bound to Jerusalem. He was responsible for the deaths, amen, of dozens of men and women. He persecuted the church. He raised havoc with the church. I mean, he was ashamed of all that he had done. But now he proclaims, I am not ashamed of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you know why? It is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Because he said, It saved me. Yet God changed his name from Saul to Paul. Folks, he became such a, he, the greatest apostle and church builder because he said, It's the power of God that did this. And know what? I can stand here to say, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I can look back over my shoulder, and yes, sometimes I feel ashamed sometimes of my lack of dedication of, 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 Mistakes I made of times I've stumbled and fallen and 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 other times just for maybe thinking things in the wrong way. I'm ashamed of different things in the background of my life, but I can stand here today and say, I'm not ashamed, amen, of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to preach unto your repentance. I'm not embarrassed to tell you about water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! And I'm not embarrassed to tell you that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost because this is the power of God. Now I can stand here and say I don't care what the sin is. I don't care what the habits are. I don't care what the lifestyle is. I don't care, I don't care how, how deep the pit how horrible the miry clay there is power in Repentance. There is power in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. There is power in receiving the Holy Ghost. One man came to the altar. In one revival I was at, he said, Brother Mackey, he said, I smoke five packs of cigarettes a day. He said, when I go to bed at night, I got to put a cigarette and the lighter on the nightstand. Because every morning I wake up about 3 a.m. coughing. and I can't go to sleep till I put that cigarette in my mouth, light it up, take a few puffs on that cigarette, then I can go back to sleep. Because folks, sin never takes a man up. Sin always takes a man down. And folks, people out here are chained, amen, by sin. They are slaves to addictions. How? I'm chained to five packs of cigarettes a day. What can I do? Go get the nicotine patch for $200. It's cheaper to repent of your sins, everybody. It is! But I'll tell you, this man came to the altar and repented. He came up out of the water speaking with other tongues. And know what? All the desire for tobacco was gone in his life. Because, folks, this is the power of God. I'm not, it's not the power of AA. It's not the power of this organization. But it's the power of God on to salvation. My younger brother had a boss by the name of Terry. Back, back then you could smoke in the workplace. He was always smoking cigars. My, my brother would come to work on Monday morning after church on Sunday. His boss was smoking a cigar. He would whew, blow smoke right in my brother's face. Hey, Mackie, did you speak in tongues yesterday? Did you speak in tongues? This? Come on, speak in tongues for me right now! right now. Come on, speak in tongues. He just mocked. But his boss, when he was in the Marines, spent $10,000 on booze when he was in the Marines. He drank a quart and a third of bourbon every day. He put bourbon on his Cheerios for breakfast. The alcoholic says, I don't want to drink. But no, you're the slave of sin. But know what? Terry came to one apostolic service, just one. But boy, God, a God, God, got a hold of his heart, and he comes to the altar, comes to the altar. And I know sometimes we're in a hurry to get people to raise their hands and worship God, but there must be time given so there'd be a work of repentance and forgiveness that takes place in that heart. Terry's weeping and crying and his fish are cleansed. Amen. And he was there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, almost an hour. Folks, and when he got up from that altar, even before he was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, he went home, he threw all of his, all of his cigars in the garbage can, poured all of his bourbon down the sink, and he's never had a drink from that day till this, and he's an apostolic preacher this very day. Hallelujah! I'm an alcoholic. What can I do? There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Scott Bennett came to the altar. I'll never forget. The altar's already full. He comes right by the first row of chairs or pews because he had been in Vietnam and, and he was addicted to morphine and he would go to the, he was going to the, Veterans Hospital a couple times every week because the doctor said, Scott, you've been on morphine for three years. For every year you're on it, it's going to take five years to get off of it. So for 15 years, you're going to be coming to us and we'll get you, and we'll get this out of your system. But I'll tell you, Scott came and he stood right there with his hands. He said, Jesus! Oh, I'm glad you can call on his name. Jesus! And he knows everything that you're thinking and feeling. And the power of God hit him. He fell flat on his back speaking with other tongues as the spirit of God filled him. He was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then on Sunday, Monday, he went to the veterans hospital. They came and took blood. Then they came and took some more blood. Then they came and took some more blood. Scott says, what's, what's the problem? I only have so much blood, you know. They said, we cannot find one trace of morphine anywhere in your entire, why? Because this is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of repentance, baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Boy, I was at one church and uh, first night of revival, about 250 people in this church And the woman came and kneeled right in front of the pulpit. And so people are coming to the altar. The church is. But when when all the people came, none of them went real close to this lady to preach with her. So I thought, wow. So I go down the stairs and I'm going to go pray with this woman. And this dear, precious saint of the church comes up to me and says, Brother Mackey. She said, that's not a woman, it's a man dressed as a woman. And the fact that none of the church wanted to pray with this individual, is I kind of thought, you know, uh, they don't want the bad sinners around here, they just want the good ones, you know. I don't, but anyway, but I looked at the saint and I said, ma'am, Jesus died for this individual. Do you hear me, everybody? Jesus died for you. He died for the world out there. I said, Jesus died for this individual. And I said, What is his name? His name is Michael, Brother Mackey. So I remember kneeling down. I said, It's nice to have you at this altar. What's your name? And he said, Michelle. I said, No, it's not Michelle. It's Michael. And I said, Michael, I don't know if. I said, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I am not. I said, I don't know if you've been abused by your mom, your dad, your stepdad, your stepmom, your grandparents. I said, but but I said, but Michael, you're not a woman, you're a man. And I said, but you're at the right place. You're at an altar in an apostolic church. So Michael, that's right. And the fact there, that, that even that didn't satisfy him to cross-dress that he's at an altar, I said, you no, know, that, that's not going to satisfy you either. So I said, Michael, you can talk to Jesus like your best friend. And he started praying, Lord, I'm so messed up, and Lord, I don't know what to do. And he prayed a little bit, and he got up and left. He comes back Thursday night still dressed in feminine attire. But he's at the altar. And I pray for this guy, you're, you're repenting. You're having a change of direction. You're repenting. Prayed, leaves, comes back Friday night still in feminine attire. Only this time he's at the altar, and I mean there's tears of the presence of God touching him, mascaras rolling down his cheeks, and and he's just trembling under the power of God. I said, yeah, Michael. I said, that's God touching you. He's forgiving you. He left no service on Saturday night, and I happened to be standing by the front door Sunday morning when all these people are coming to church, and here's a young man I hadn't seen the whole week. He said, nice to have you here, sir. He said, I'm Michael, Brother Mackey. I said, you're a good-looking man, Michael. Yeah, and he comes to the altar, and then God fills him with the Holy Ghost that very morning. Hallelujah. I don't care what the sin is. I don't care what the habits. is. There is power in repentance, power in water baptism, power in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God. So don't ever look at people out here as you witness and in your workplace and your neighbors and say, well, nope, there's no hope for that man to be saved. There is, because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let's turn to the book of Galatians chapter one, to the book of Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter 1, Paul is writing again all right, to the saints in Galatia. Paul said in verse 6, I marvel that you are so, so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. Another gospel. Paul said, I'm really surprised that one translation says that you are transferring your allegiance to an opposition gospel. Verse 7, which is not another. Folks, there's only one gospel that saves. Right. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert you or, and would pervert or distort the gospel of Christ said, when someone says, don't worry about repentance, don't worry about water baptism, don't worry about receiving the Holy Ghost, folks, they're distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then Paul speaks so strongly when he said in verse, in verse 8, he said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed and the word accursed you know just simply means you know he you know he's 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 doomed to eternal to eternal punishment and then he repeats himself in verse 9 as we said before so say i now again if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Any man, I don't care how big his TV ministry is, I don't care how big his church is, I don't care how big the radio ministry is, I don't care how many books he has written, if any man tells you, repentance is not necessary. Water baptism in Jesus' name doesn't count. The Holy Ghost is meaningless. Folks, no, no, Don't be, don't let anyone pervert the gospel in your heart and in your mind. He said, Paul said, even if I come back to you and preach something different, don't listen to me. Even if an angel from heaven comes, an angel. I mean, here you are sleeping in your bed. And suddenly you're aware of a bright light in the room at three in the morning. And you get up and rub your eyes and, Wow, an angel sitting right on the foot of your bed. You go, wow, an angel. Are you a cherubim or a seraphim? I mean, what? Why? Oh, I'm sorry, angel. Are you here to tell me something? Yeah, the angel says, don't get so, you get so carried away with repentance and baptism in Jesus and receiving the Holy Ghost. Don't worry so much about that. About that time, you wake up. Angel, listen, if you really, who you say you are, then you know the word of God. The Bible tells me if if even an angel tells you not to worry about it, to, that would distort the gospel, say, angel, I don't know how you get in, got in here, but there's the window. Get out of here, all right? Because this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Do you know how vital this is? Verse 11, Paul writes, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. In other words, it's not something a man told me, it's not something I made up. You know, we talked about a certified public accountant. I certify to you, this is truth. And verse 12 now uh, lets us know how he knows it is truth. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is why in the very beginning, Jesus Christ is the main character of this story. If you don't get the revelation of Jesus Christ, you're not going to understand the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But now Paul understood that Jesus Christ died and he was buried and that he rose again and that this is the power of God unto salvation. But now look at verse 16 of Galatians chapter one. Verse 16, and, and, and Paul said in verse 15 that God has called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. In other words, I did not consult or get counsel from any other frail human being. I did not communicate with anybody. I just took what it it was in Jesus Christ. That is why as a pastor of years, as an evangelist, I've talked to visitors and they say, boy, I've never heard this before. I'm gonna go and talk to my pastor about this. Or I'm gonna go talk to my grandmother about this. Or I'm gonna go talk to my best friend about this. Folks, listen, when God is giving you the gospel and showing you how important it was for Jesus to die and to be buried and rise and raise again, folks, when God shows it to you, do not confer with flesh and blood. You need to come to this altar again and say, Lord, you're speaking to me. Lord, I feel it. God, I understand it. And Lord, I want the power of God to be in me. I want deliverance from sin. Thank God for repentance, baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because every time I'm in church, people said, yeah, but I'm an alcoholic. What can I do? I'm I'm a drug addict. What can I do? I'm so thankful I can tell them there's something they can do. Now, the book of Matthew chapter 27. The book of Matthew chapter 27 Matthew chapter 27, verse 40, I believe. Verse 40. Here are the religious leaders mocking Jesus as he hangs on the cross and saying, because it says in verse 39, they reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it up in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Come down. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Do you know what the problem was when Jesus was here preaching? They never believed him. They picked up stones to stone him because you being a man make it yourself God. They tried to push him over a cliff. They said, "Are you greater than our father Abraham? Before Abraham was, I am." Folks, every time he did this, they did not believe him. But now they said, "Come on down from the cross and we will believe." I want all of you to know Jesus could have come down. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have destroyed them right then. But you know why he did not come down? Because he knew that people just believing would not save them. There had to be a death. There had to be a burial. There had to be a resurrection. And blood had to be shed. Yeah. Just believing doesn't save I can stand up here and say, I believe I'm a millionaire. I believe I'm a, yeah, I believe. Oh, I believe I'm a millionaire. But open up your checkbook and give me the balance, okay? Really. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm saved. But no, this, the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection is the power of God unto salvation. And again, I would never take away from anyone's religious experience. But this is. Do you understand? You know, and, and, and we're talking about Easter Sunday now, and they call it Resurrection Sunday and so forth. But let's turn to book, the book of First Corinthians again, one more time. First Corinthians chapter 15. Because remember, in the first few verses of this, of this chapter, Paul said. I preached unto you, first of all, Christ died and that he was buried and that he rose again. But now he writes in verse 12 Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there's no resurrection from the dead? Because if there's no resurrection from the dead, verse 13, Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is in vain. Hey, listen, everybody. Do you know what? If, if if it wasn't for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything we're doing here today is meaningless. If he's not risen, oh, and my preaching is in vain. Brother Mackey, you're such an idiot. You're up there sweating, drinking water, pointing your finger, getting excited, and it's for nothing. But not only is my preaching in vain, but your faith is in vain. Why did you come to an altar? Why did you repent? Why did you get baptized? Why do you, but folks, I want you to know my preaching is not in vain. And your faith is not in vain. You've been saved because of the gospel. Hallelujah. Verse 15, we are found false witnesses. But folks, we are not liars. We are not liars. Verse 17, if Christ is not raised, your faith is in vain and you are yet in your sins. But you could testify right now how God delivered you. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Why are you so sad? Well, I thought Jesus rose from the dead and he's still in there. No, folks, that's why. Folks, we are not miserable. And verse 32 Paul writes, if after the manner of man I fought with peace of Ephesus, what avenges me, me if the dead rise now? Not, if the dead rise not, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. See, drink and be merry, forget it. But folks, I'm here to tell you, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God that saves you. Keep teaching home Bible studies. Keep handing out tracts. Keep witnessing because God loves to save people. Come on down and we'll believe Jesus. I cannot come down because just people believing will not save them. There has to be a death so people can repent. There has to be a burial so people can be buried with me by baptism. And there has to be a resurrection so people can receive resurrection power in their life. Amen. Let's stand and let's raise our hands and thank the Lord. He did not come down from that cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your death, for your burial, and for your resurrection, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus it's not a fairy tale everybody it actually happened it did Jesus yes 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 we're going to sing a chorus oh how he loves you and me oh how he loves you and me he gave his life what more could he give Oh, how he loves you. And oh, how he loves me. Now, Jesus loves you. The real question is, do you love him? For the saints of this church, you repented, were baptized through with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And you felt God save you and, and take all your sin away and forgive you. You need to come to this altar one more time and say, yeah, Lord, I thank you that I ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for any backslider here today, yes, there was times you felt the power of God. You spoke in tongues. This is a good day again. I'm telling you, God still loves you. Why don't you come and renew your relationship with Jesus Christ today? And for any guest or visitor, maybe you've never heard any of this before, but it's in the Bible. This is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. I wish you would just come to an altar and allow God, amen, to speak to your heart, amen, because God is, wants to save people. So as we sing this chorus, let's end this Resurrection Sunday at an altar, amen, just thanking God for his love and his goodness to Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at two six two nine six five five one seven seven, or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.